Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up this year, April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. All tickets for each month are on sale. April is nearly sold out, so if you are wanting to attend, I would suggest that you head over to the website buysarlo.com and purchase your tickets. We do have two extra events this year. One is coming up very soon on March 8th. We are celebrating International Women's Day. The event is hosted by the Crisis Centre. We will be down at the Grand Event Centre downtown North Bay, Ontario from 1.30 till 3.30 doing an afternoon with mediums. It is a free event to the public, but you do have to call the Crisis Centre to reserve your tickets. Our second event that we've added in will be in June, and that is June 7th at the Sturgeon River House Museum in Sturgeon Falls, Ontario. You can purchase your tickets by calling the museum or the rec center in Sturgeon Falls. We have a second podcast show that's 10 minutes long. It runs the first week of every month, Monday to Friday. It's about emotional and spiritual intelligence, and it's only available currently on the website by sarlo.com. We pick a theme and it runs for the entire week. While you're checking out Sips of Sanity, we have coffee mugs for sale. They're $15 a mug and they have the two logos for the two podcast shows on them. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase and receive them from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone. And moving on to today's show. Okay, Cal. So today's show is a client story. Um, This is a person that came in person. We're going to call her Annie. Um, Annie is, I'd say my age, late 50s, early 60s. Um, She came in, just sat down. We went through the consent process. And after that, I said, what type of session would you like? And she said, well, it's my first time. I would like open. And I said, okay. And I heard from the spirit guides, no, no, she wants specific things. She's just here to test you. And I said, oh, okay, we'll see how this goes then. So what's happening? So I turned around, looked out the window, and I see a man standing on the deck. Okay, dead man. Yep. Not not living man. Just, I know I have to clarify that kind of stuff. So he's standing on the deck, and I said, why are you out on the deck? And he says, well we didn't have a good relationship. She doesn't want to talk to me. I'm her dad. And I was an emotional tyrant. And he says, so I'm going to stand on the deck and you can say that I'm here, but she's going to refuse speaking to me. And I said, well, really? Because she said an open session with no boundaries. He goes, oh, no, no, no. She has boundaries. She just wants to see if you actually are going to know them. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. So I said, well, okay. I said, so before I say anything, do you have anything else to say? And he goes, yes, I'm standing outside on the deck to show respect that I know she doesn't want to speak to me. You can bring it up in that way because it's my first step in seeing a medium where she's going to get that kind of a message that I'm here, but I'm trying to show respect for the first time because She doesn't think I've ever shown her respect ever in her whole life. So this is step one. I said, okay, I'll do my best. I hope I get this right for her. So I said to her, Annie, I said, I'm going to do medium. Is that okay? She said, yes. 
And I said, is that actually what you want? Because the guides are saying it's not an open session. It's a testing session. (laughs) And the first test to pass is that your dad has passed, correct? And she said, yeah. And before she could open her mouth to say more, I said, he stands outside on the deck, doesn't come into this room to show respect that, in fact, you just want to see if I know that he's dead versus alive. But you want to see the fact that I should know that you don't want to talk to him. And that he has been an emotional tyrant for you during your life. There's loads of abuse and pain. And so I'm just simply to say that he's trying to show his first step in saying that he's being respectful. So he's not here to say anything to you. He's here just to say that he stood outside. And I said, is that okay? And she goes, I don't want to talk to my dad. And I said, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's what he's telling me to tell you. And that he's trying to show you a level of respect that he never, ever showed you on earth. I don't want to talk to him. Why would you bring that up? And I said, because he's trying to show you respect for the first time. So she didn't really understand that. And I said, I'm going to move on because this is not where your session is supposed to be. This was a little aside for you to have a beginning down the road sometime. I, I want to pause for a moment because mm-hmm. as I'm listening, I'm super annoyed because you've repeated yourself like eight times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people yeah. to hear that the good listeners right now will probably feel the same annoyance mm-hmm. because they're going, well, that was a great affirmation. Mm-hmm. And she said it eight times. Why? Like, can't we just take it and move on? But this really illustrates that while you were getting your first message as a medium mm-hmm. and completely accurate at that, she still couldn't hear that that was a message mm-hmm. and became a non-listener. Yeah. And that is how a lot of sessions go, where we have non-listeners who think, well, she wasn't any good. She got my dad and he's not someone I want to talk to. But that in and of itself was true. And so you did your job channeling him just fine. Yeah. And at that point, Kelly, when I look back out on the deck, he just nodded and thanked me and moved away into the spirit world. Like where people would say, you know, do you see through their form? Well, no, he looked pretty solid. But then he disappears for me. Mm. And and I just recall like at that time that he had felt like he changed. He did his work on the other side to stop being an emotional tyrant. Mm-hmm. So, and the non-listeners don't have the opportunity or I'll say deprive themselves of the opportunity to hear that that abuser has changed. Right. Yeah. And it's what we hope for as humans. And yet, once they pass, we can become so stuck in our own ways and stuck in, I'll say, what we want out of the session that we miss one of the most important messages. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You've, you've illustrated all of that and explained it perfectly. So we just I just let him go. But I thanked him. So I thanked him for those messages. Yeah, he did a great job for you and for his daughter. Yeah. And maybe somewhere down the road in her life, somebody who with emotional intelligence might be able to sit down and say to her, hey, and have a kind of conversation that gets her there. But it wasn't going to be in those minutes during that session. So I wasn't going to waste any time. 
I think that's cool because you certainly could have. You could have been, no, look, I did my job. No, look, this was accurate. And instead, in spite of the disrespect that she showed out of her own probably anxiety, yeah. you still chose to respect her time. Yeah. And, and meet her needs at the same time as listening to what the spirit world is telling me is my first message. I hope Annie's listening today. Me too. Because it was all done from her dad at a place of love that he could get to now. Yeah. It was done from a place of love from me mm-hmm. that this is something that is causing her some pain. And, you know, perhaps if she's in therapy, she could go talk to somebody about this. Um, but at, at some point, you just have to kind of move on. Yep. So her mom popped in. She appeared, but she came right in and she sat in the room. So it was like, oh, this is a different relationship. And I said, okay. I said, I'm going to stick with medium. And I said, your mom's here. And she said, yes. And I said, well, I said, your mom has a totally different energy than your dad. I said, your dad had the energy on earth of being that, what he referred to as an emotional tyrant. And before I stay with mom, I just wanted to say that I really liked his expression. I liked how he labeled himself emotional tyrant and meaning that when you get up in the morning, you, you need to know what his mood is because that's the way the day is going to go. Everybody has to be aware of if his mood is changed by the split second, everybody has to be on guard to know what it is to respond. So mom sits down with all of this energy of, I loved my daughter. I love Danny so much. And all of this people pleasing, all of this, I'm soft and I was kind and I I was the fixer and I tried to fix everything in the family and keep it all going. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's your first message. I'll describe you that way. And she goes, yes. And Annie modeled me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Annie's a real people pleaser, Karen. And I said, oh, all right. So I'm describing and I said, Annie, your mom says that you're a people pleaser and she giggles. And her mom goes, there you go. And I'm like, oh, so she giggles like that's the cue and she, and that's the anxiety. Oh, yeah. And I said, oh, OK, so she's every time she giggles during this hour, you're telling me that I'm I'm hitting the nail on the head with Annie but in an aspect of that she's in a state of anxiety. And her mom says, oh, Karen, she's always in a state of anxiety. So the giggles are constant. It's going to annoy you to no end. And I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Thanks for the heads up, Ma. Yeah. (laughs) So she goes, oh, I'm really sorry about this, Karen. We got to get to the depth of this. Mm -hmm. But first of all, start by telling her, that I know that she got a cat since I died. She's just testing you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I said, Annie, I said, your mom's here, hon. And I said, she wants you to know right off the bat that since she's passed, how long ago did she pass, Karen? And I said, okay, well, I'll ask her in a second. And I said, but she's saying that you got a cat since she's passed. Yeah, I did. When did she die? And I'm, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be a long hour. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so difficult that, and I'm, and I'm trying to illustrate for people how the spirit world 
decides what they're saying to us. Thank you. And that the client sits there and says, I'm here to ask certain questions and I've got certain markers. I call them the markers, Mm -hmm. meaning that if you don't hit certain things that I think my mother should say, that you're no good. And it's like, oh, wow, because that's their checklist page versus that I've got my bosses here on the other side and it's her mom and it's her dad and it's the spirit guides and it's a whole group and they're the boss. So which group am I supposed to I have Mm -hmm. to balance? And I know you know this. There's a balance to be had between giving the messages they want to give to the humans and meeting the human's needs. And some humans are going to listen to this and go, no, your job is to answer me. I'm the client. I'm paying you. And it's like, yeah, yeah no. no. <laughs> That's not how it's happening. No. When you when you have this gift and there are literally no physical tools where you can help yourself, you walk into every session hoping to God that your your guides and all of the other ones show up to give you messages, your boss are the guides. Yeah. They're the source of all of the information that the human wants. They're yeah. holding the they're holding the goodie bag. And I think when you know some clients will ask those questions, well how long did she pass? And there are moments where the guides will just yell out oh, yeah. how long ago it was and we're happy and free to give that information. But some of the guides would laugh at them and say, "No, no. I'm I'm not I'm not done." Yeah. There are more important messages and that's what I like about what you and I do is getting to the important messages about the relationships instead of just saying it's brown hair. And then what color were her eyes? Well, they changed colors constantly. Well, that's true. But what, and then to the next point of Mm -hmm. proof that gets exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I understand that clients don't understand how exhausting that is because they think of just one hour. They don't think of eight to 10 hours every day, six days a week. Hmm. for 10 years, or whatever, they just think about their hour. So anyway, this is such a beautiful story. I want to get back to the whole thing. So well, this is a piece of it. But so her mom says, please explain these things to to Annie, and note the giggles. And I'm like, okay, so I said, Annie, I said, your mom's talking about the fact that you giggle every time that you have anxiety, and it's a pattern. And I'm supposed to help you with your patterns today. And I said, it is part of consent to point them out. Are you good with that? Oh, yes, I'm open to everything. I said an open session. Except okay. dad. Uh, yeah, noted. <laughs> noted that you're open and you're not. So, and where the, the, the balance is in saying all of these patterns to her, because she's got high levels of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, well, your mom says that she's the one that people pleased your dad to an extreme And I said to the extreme of making sure that the children were trained to be people pleasers too. And that is an extreme because now you're projecting all of that onto every child in the house. You're taking away their personalities. You're taking away their quirks. You're taking away their passions and their ability to think for themselves. I'm so happy you're my business partner. Same. Thank you for doing all of that. Because this is something that we are trying to get to, Annie's mom and I, that all of this has been taken away from her. 
and she can't get past proving it. And I'm trying to really understand that there's so much anxiety because she's lived through all of this. Mm-hmm. To, so there's a whole part of me there that's so compassionate yeah. as to what she's going through, but she's constantly bringing it back to me test, test, test. And it's like, no, it's not about Karen. It's not about Kelly. It's not supposed to be about coming in and testing us. It's supposed to be about you getting what you need. And we have to make a decision here at some point where this is this session is going and what it's really about. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge to cross that. So I said, she says that she raised you people pleaser and she did her best to do it to every single child in the house but you loved it because it meant that you connected with mom so if mom said set the table do it this way for your father you did it but your sister would put the fork in a different direction or she might not care as much dad's cranky no and so you'd run and fix your sister's fork the way she put it on the table correcting her making her feel bad. But I want to say something. What you did was you tried to erase your sister. The same way mom erased you. Yes. And that became another pattern. Mommy erases, Annie erases. Long pause. Because she's sitting there in a moment already in anxiety hearing that she's been erased and that she's done the same thing to a sibling and many siblings. And she just sits there and giggles and giggles. And I'm sitting there in a tremendous amount of discomfort because I'm feeling synesthetically her shame. Right. And she doesn't want to feel shame. Yeah, so she giggles. Yes. It's almost like a little energetic burst out of her where I see these colors spark outside of her body. And I get to see where it's stuck in her body. And I said, so Annie, I said, you have some serious digestive issues. And she goes, I do. And I said, I'm being told that it's not diagnosed yet, but it's Crohn's. And that you're really suffering with this. And I don't have Crohn's. But if I'm only feeling synesthetically a tiny piece of what she's feeling, She's in a lot of discomfort. And she said, that's right. I'm just getting some tests done with my doctor. So I leave that little part because that's one of her affirmations. But I notice that she kind of listens to it. She knows it's an affirmation, but she dismisses it as fast as I can say it. And I'm noticing, Kelly, that she's dismissing things. And there's like a little spirit beside her that's taking everything she dismisses and puts it in a basket. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that's a really cool little visual. Can I, can I ask? Yeah. Because this is where my head goes. Let's say she's diagnosed two months from now. Yeah. Maybe she walks away from this session and thinks Karen was shit. She was no good. And then she gets the diagnosis in two months. That's oftentimes the moment where they go, ah, fuck. If she's right about Crohn's, I'm a people pleaser. Yep. And that also means that my dad really was trying to respect me. And that really means, well, I won't give away the rest of the story. Um, it just, they kind of domino effect. Yes. It's like when the diagnosis happens, they think, okay, then I guess she must have been right about everything else. Yes. And they often need, I'll call it the real professionals because they don't classify us as professionals 
in what we do. Um, they want the doctorate, the DR, or they want someone else to give them that validation. And that's fine it, because it's a process. And sometimes we, you and I have to be quite content that the spirit guides have us as part of other people's processes. Yeah, I'm laughing a little bit because you're saying content with, and I'm thinking just more apathetic, actually. <laughs> well, and and I just, you know what, I think it's saying the same thing. I can be totally content to reserve to reserve the idea of I'm spending an hour with the guides as opposed to thinking I'm spending an hour with Annie. Yes. And if she wants to take the messages and do something with them, good for her. Yeah. But I'm just going to have fun with the guides. Kelly, I had to get to this place or I would have quit doing this years ago with the amount of abuse that clients have dished out. Oh, and consistent abuse. Yes. And it's just sort of like, well, I don't give a shit what you do. You came here to get messages. Take them or leave them. Well, and I often say that to clients in a session. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I think, you know what, to be very fair to mm -hmm. other quote unquote real professionals, she could get a diagnosis of Crohn's and think, well, I'm not changing the way I eat. I'm not changing the way that I live. Mm -hmm. And that same other professional mm -hmm. would have to say, well, I don't give a fuck. I diagnosed you. That's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. You do what you want with the information. That's right. You change your eating patterns or your stress levels or get therapy. That's not on them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I like that. And I, there can still be total joy doing your job. That's right. Yes. Okay. So her mom then starts talking about that this little being, this little energy that's beside her is taking all the stuff that she doesn't want to deal with. And I said, puts it in a basket and kind of holds it for her. Is the basket her bowels? Yeah. <laughs> and so... Spoiler. If, yeah, it is. And I really, I kind of giggled myself in that moment, but for an entirely different reason than her. I don't have anxiety over any of it, but I really loved the way the spirit world played with that so that I could understand it was in bowels. So if somebody says in cartoons and is an artist and they go... That's really cool. Artistically, I love how Karen's describing the visual. I love this. That is one of the reasons why I love what the spirit world does for you and I. They can bring forth a sense of humor in the session. So this little basket is a little, is, are, are her bowels sitting there? And they're holding them literally like a basket. Mm-hmm. Her mom talked about the fact that the two of them bonded together their entire lives and that she saw Annie as her partner instead of as a child. So the husband can disappear. Did and Annie by chance get recommended toxic parents by Dr. Susan Forward? Yes, she does. Okay. At the end. That's good. Yeah, she does at the very end of the session. She doesn't at this point. Her mom just... Yeah. really wants to talk to her and say, these are the things we did together. So we went on holidays together. We did, th and she lists the things they do together as couples do. You and I went out and celebrated our birthday together. The dad stayed home. Mm -hmm. um, we went and did these things. I had a birthday party for you and all of your girlfriends with your siblings. Dad stayed at work. So she gets to hear how mom partners her and how mom partners her more than any of the other siblings, right? So she feels like she's special. So when I say Annie, you really felt special in your family. She giggles. 
So I said, Annie, do you notice that when your mom says that you felt special, that you still giggle, that it's still a level of anxiety? And she went, what? Cool. Yeah. And I said, do you notice that? That even though you have this special relationship, it's caused you tremendous anxiety to have it. And she went, no, no, and totally denies that, but giggles as she's saying it, which I thought was so freaking cool. Well, and heartbreaking because she is now at a risk point in her life that if she accepts what you're saying, she loses what she has always considered her source of survival. Absolutely. And it gets worse. Oh, I believe it. So I asked her if I could continue and I did a check in at this point. Yeah, because at this point, she's at fight or flight. Yeah. So the spirit guides came in and said, Kate, do your check in. So I paused and I said, am I crossing any boundaries? Is this session meeting your needs? Do you know what your needs are, Annie? Do you want to check in and make sure that I'm not crossing them? Am I allowed to continue or would you like to go home? And so she sits there and she giggles again. And she says, no, no, no. I want to talk to my mom. I just want to know if she knows some things that are going on right now. So she wants to go back to just prove it to me. And now I'm understanding on a whole other level, Kelly, why some people sit in the just prove it to me. Because they really don't come to mediums to get the deep work done. They really do come for that surface of just prove it. Oh, yeah. But I think historically, that's what we've been portrayed to do. That's right. And she just wants to sit at that level. So she's having a moment of, oh, my God, I thought you were one of those mediums that just said brown hair, green eyes. Um, I got a tattoo on my right shoulder for my mom. Um, Yes, she is the one that's dropping dimes, you know, in the bathroom behind the toilet. Um, and, and that kind of list, which is also stuff that does happen in sessions, but that is never, ever a focus. It's, it's there to give the affirmations because that is the part that is the meat and potatoes because it's the emotional component. It's all of the psychological stuff and the patterns and the soul contracts. So onward, her mom says, well, she says, I, I do want her to know that I love her and she's here because that's what she needs to hear. I, I'm gone. I died. And I said, hey, how'd you die? And she says, <laughs> sorry, she says, um, she says, I died of cancer. And she says it was in my liver. Go figure that one out. And I'm laughing because I mean, I know liver cancer is anger. And she says, well, she says, so that'll make good sense to her that it's liver cancer. And you could say the anger stuff. And I said, okay, do I really need to though? She's not at this level yet. And she says, well, she's going to want to know that I ended up in a hospice. She's going to want to know that, that she was there, that I know she was there because I was on medication at the end and I, I didn't speak to her for the last day. I was unconscious Mm. and she wants this. She needs this. And I'm like, oh, I'm happy to do that. So I went over that with Annie and she giggles. There's not a crying, there's just giggles. And I really understand that this is deep heartbreak here. Her mom, as you said, Kelly, is survival. Mm -hmm. And she's lost her mom. Yep. 
So she's like, I picture her like a raft floating with nothing to secure it to. And so her mom says, keep giving her the affirmations, but tell her current ones. And now I understand that it's not just the affirmations of the past, but the present that Annie needs so badly. So not just the brown hair, green eyes, but it's the fact that her mom says she talks to me every day. And I'm like, okay. So I said, Annie, your mom says that she hears you and that you do talk to her every day and that she does hear it and that she enjoys when you say, good morning, mom. And then you make your cup of coffee and you get on with the day that you don't ruminate all day. You're not obsessive in your thinking about mom all day. You just give kind of a hi, mom, and on you go with the day. So this is not obsessive thinking. And she says, yeah, that that's right. You could see a little switch and no longer a giggle. That's impressive because I think if you died, I would be the obsessive one. <laughs> okay. So kudos to Annie in that regards. Yeah. Yeah, that's great because she really is trying to move on with her life. But I'm going to say something too. At this point, it's about 10 years that her mom has passed. So at the beginning, it was more obsessive thinking mm -hmm. and that she's come to a place of, yeah, I don't need to hold on to it all of the time. I do need to move on. So she's moved jobs. She's moved cities. She's done some other things that have brought some changes in her life. And her mom makes those comments. She did sell the house because they lived together. She did sell the house. She did blah, blah, blah. And she fills that in. So Annie gets to hear that mom knows these changes that she has made since she's died. And that's when I see the first little break in her energetically. And I notice that the giggling is not the same. And her mom stops talking. So her mom stops talking and she just evaporates on me. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> done with her. And another woman sits in the chair or, or in front of me in the treatment room in the spirit world. And she says, hi, I'm Yvonne and I'm her sister. And I'm the one that she refers to as the bully because I'm the one that won't tolerate all the giggling. And I find it freaking annoying. So I challenge Annie. And I say things to her like, stop the giggling. This isn't funny. Dad's being an asshole. And I'm the one that won't put the fork down exactly where he wants it because that's enabling him. And that's just a jerk. And she says, and I'm the one that wants to break mom and my sister's patterns with my other siblings. And they're the reason that we never succeed. So we fight our entire lives. And I'm like, oh my God, that's freaking heartbreaking. And she says, oh yeah, it is. And we died not talking to each other. She says, so I'm not out on the deck. I'm here. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So Annie does want to hear from you, even though she's just as angry at you as she is at her dad. And she goes, yes. Well, Yvonne was the one that risked stirring the pot, making things uncomfortable, challenging everything that she did to keep peace. So of course she'd be mad at Yvonne. Yeah, and Yvonne is the one that actually ends up not connecting to her mother because her mother wants to connect to Annie. Well, same reasons. If I withdraw or withhold my love from you and show that I will give it willingly to another, maybe you'll fall in line and behave like them. Yeah, it's a lot of training. All to keep the fucking husband. Yes. Who's absent. Yes. Super, and who... super logical. And who's absent and withholding 
and controlling at all costs every single human being that he pretends to love or that he wants society to believe that he has a family. So parents who are listening, this is why you get emotional intelligence. That's right. Never mind Annie for a moment. Parents need to get the emotional intelligence. Annie never stood a fucking chance. That's right. Yep. So I said, hey, Annie, I said, I have Yvonne here. And she went, oh. And it was just a little bit of a shit your pants moment. Because first of all, she went, oh, you got you got her, you got her name. So it was like, Oh, I hit a jackpot as a medium because I got the name thing. And she didn't have to ask. Yes. And I liked that in that particular moment, because it's that kind of a situation that Yvonne just says her name so that Annie can't control the information. And that Annie can't say, well, no, some of that isn't right, because she doesn't want to deal with it. So what's her name? And if I can't get it right, she's going to make it all wrong. Right. It's a game. It's a game. And it's like, I just got to see how perfectly human beings come in for sessions to have a game instead of to come in to heal. And it's the first fucking thing that I say in consent, energy healing. Mm Mm-hmm. It is the first thing that I asked for permission for and why I went out and got eight licenses. And it is a total dismissal of it. Because it's a game. I've never in my life paid $125 to play a game I knew I was going to hate or to go to a concert of an artist I didn't like. And no, it's so messed. And, And like, I really think about that because they walk in wanting to fight. Yes. And that's what Annie came for as a people pleaser. She pretends that she never fights. Of course. So she never fights her dad, but she fights 100% Yvonne. She never fights mommy, but she takes all of that anger and puts it into the fight with Yvonne. And so Yvonne says, say it all. So I said, okay, I said, Yvonne is here. And I said, she says that you call her the bully of the family. And she goes, (laughs) yep, back to the giggling. And I gave all of the messages that Yvonne wanted to. And boy, they were detailed. It had to do with the fact that Annie purposely fought with her so that she would never have to deal with any of the people pleasing issues or actually feeling anger with mom. She can't afford to feel any anger at mom because this is the only parent I've got. Dad is already vacant. Well, and if mom has already erased the other siblings, Annie can't afford to be erased as well, even though technically she already has been. Yes, and that is the whole point. Recognizing that technically she has been. That's that's the whole point of why Yvonne is here. So Yvonne sits and says, Annie, I love you. No matter what has happened here on earth, you and I are souls and I love you. I fulfilled the part of the contract that my soul wrote here. Yvonne talks to her and says, I tried in the contract to live it out on earth by confronting you about the giggling and that the giggling was your stress. She says, I've pointed this out countless times. 
Yvonne says to me, I went to counseling, Karen, for decades. I lived my entire adult life in therapy. Never, ever stopping therapy. I went every single week for years, and then I went every month. And she says, right to the point of when I passed, I was still in therapy. And she, she, there's a different kind of joy in that for her, meaning that the therapist didn't drag her along. There were just so many issues. So she says to Annie, it's time to get into therapy, Annie. It's time. And that's when the book came out about toxic parents. And Yvonne takes the time in that session to say, Annie, mom pitted us just as much as dad did in two different ways against each other as children. And then when it was time for us to do our growing up as adults, you didn't want to. It didn't mean that you you would have to lose mom in the process, but your fear was so big you couldn't get past it to get into the door of a therapist. Whereas Yvonne sat there and said, well, I, I've already lost my dad uh, emotionally and I'm losing, I've been losing mom little bits by bits because every time I stand up for myself or fight with my father in front of her, I, I lose a little piece. So I have less to lose. I'm going to go into therapy and I'm going to work at this. But the therapist and her would work on strategies where Yvonne could go back to Annie and say, hey, I know these 15 forms of abuse. I know the people pleasing stuff now. I'm working through all of this. You and I could work together to come through it. And Annie would just sh- shut the door and giggle, go back to mom and have her needs met. Bye, just mom. Right to the point of even eight years after mom dies and Yvonne and Annie are still on earth, she still can't get there. And Annie can't. So Yvonne dies eight years after mom, where she still is having difficulties with Annie right to the very day that she passes as well. So this is her moment to say, I still love you. Mom still loves you. Dad is here and loves you. Your contract now on earth is to get all of the tools to move through all of this. And all three of us are trying to show up and say, we've all made mistakes. We're all here to apologize to you. What could you do if you heard our apologies? What could you do if you actually worked through some of this stuff? Now, I know as a listener, people might sit there and go, oh, good. Annie must be feeling so good right now. Not. (laughs) No, Annie's probably still giggling. Annie's so uncomfortable in her chair. She's visibly, you can see that she's angry with me. So I stop and I do another check-in with her. And I'm doing the check-ins again, because this is a people pleaser who's going to stay in the chair and say she's okay. But deep down inside, she can't wait to get out of here and bash the shit out of me. Because that's going to be the way she expresses anger. Because mom, dad, and Yvonne are dead. And Karen Sarlo is alive. So there's there's a human I can direct this at. And Yvonne turns to me and says, it sucks to be you. Uh, frequently, actually, Yvonne. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And I'm just looking at Yvonne, which is just really like it looks like I'm looking out my window at the snow falling. 
And I just have a neutral face to gentleness on it because I'm accepting Yvonne's apology or acknowledgement while Annie's sitting in the chair just freaking bristling. She's squirming in her discomfort physically, physically moving up and down, shifting in the chair, doesn't know what to say or do, looking at her watch, looking at the clock on the wall, like, how can I get out of here? And I said, Annie, you don't have to stay here to the end of an hour. This is your time with your family. It's not punching a clock by an hour. You can change the subject, you can move, you can leave the house, you can do anything. And I think it's super important for people to hear that that's the type of check-in we offer. Oh yeah, we constantly allow people to get up and leave if they want to. It's necessary. Yeah, you still have a right. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's listening to this, is just listening to this tremendous amount of discomfort. And I think for some people, this is going to be a difficult podcast show to listen to if they have a sibling or a person in their family or family dynamics like this and sit there on the edge of their seat and go, come on, everybody's rooting for Annie. I like that you said that. I really believe that. Yeah, because we all want to be able to engage in a relationship where we get to love them Mm -hmm. and figure out who they actually are. Mm hmm. And then I said, so do you want to direct the session? Yes, I want to know if I'm going to have a ban. Is that Yvonne laughing or you? No, can you give me a second? Well, Cal, I don't know what to say about that because I totally understand that this is deflection. Any therapist listening to this is going to say, well, that's just deflection. The giggling is deflection. The asking a question like that is deflection. And I know that. I read an, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but the spirit world tells me all of these things. And I read enough books in 57 years to know what all of that is. So there's a high level of discomfort at this point in the session, and we're close to done. And the spirit guides said, you can answer the question. The answer is yes, she does have a partner. That is okay. So I don't have to figure out whether I'm supposed to change subjects or not. The spirit world is doing this. And if they decide to answer that question, they know the reasons why they're answering it. Not me. So I answered her question. I said, yes, you're being told that there is a partner, but they don't tell me a time frame. They don't tell me anything else but answer the question. And I see it's because she just needs to put her mind in a different place because she can't cope with any of the unraveling of emotions or thoughts that are occurring. I can respect that. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not her therapist. You know, I think anyone can empathize with the discomfort. Yeah. So I, it's a, literally at the end of the session. So I said, Annie, the spirit guides would like you to reach out to somebody to get into therapy. And I said, so there are cards here for local people. And I said, but there are also wonderful authors and books. There are podcast shows that you can listen to in the comfort of your own home or car at your own leisure where you can hit a stop button, rewind and process. And I said, because your mind goes into a freeze and that's why you don't want to go to therapy. You're afraid that they're going to help you get unstuck, but you're panicked because you don't know what the tools are. And the psychiatrist or the psychologist has the tools. You have to trust them to give you the tools. 
And she goes, well, how the hell will I ever know how to do that when I had a mom and dad with no tools? And I said, well, that's the part that's about growing up, honey. Because not all mom and dads have the toolkit. That is why we seek it from other people who do have that. And she went, oh, okay. And no giggle. So I have no clue how this session really will end because it's one of those sessions that is a beginning. Very cool. And she could come back or never. And that's okay because this is her beginning and her next step could be in in therapy. I hope it is for her. And it would be fun for her to come back at some point when she's ready with some other tools to be able to get deeper into the session with her three family members that have passed. I would, I would love to be able to help her facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And it takes knowing that you really aren't in control and surrendering to that to then understand what the tools are to be in the good kind of control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that her session really illustrated that for people beautifully. Good job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was one hour. And I say that so that people can understand that you really can get a lot done in half hour or one hour sessions with mediums. You really can uncover quite a bit if you're willing to sit there and listen. And it's why you and I say record it. Because this might mean far more to her again or differently once she has the diagnosis. Yes. And once she has the help in therapy and a year in and three years into therapy and 10 years like her sister, decades in, it can have different meanings at different times. You hear different things. Wonderful. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, our March Sips of Sanity is out on Monday at the website bysarlo.com.